Do you want to know how to get your brand featured in mass media outlets to increase the trust and credibility in your brand? Mass media exposure elevates the perception of your brand, attracting customers, increasing sales, and outselling your competitors. So listen in because the Magnify You podcast has been made for you. I'm your host, Monica Rosenfeld, and I've been running my PR agency, Wordstorm PR, for 20 years. Over that time, we've worked with literally hundreds of brands and positioned our clients as the go-to media spokespeople for their industry. I'll be talking to journalists, talent agents, media professionals, and inspiring entrepreneurs about what it takes to get your message in the headlines. Welcome to episode five of the Magnify You podcast. I'm your host, Monica Rosenfeld. I'd like to thank all our supporters and subscribers out there. It was fantastic to see the Magnify You podcast featured on the homepage of the iTunes app. So in the first few episodes of the Magnify You podcast, we've interviewed journos from online news sites. Um, So today we're going to take a bit of a twist and interview a top producer from a morning TV show, Studio 10. Today, we're welcoming in Jack Caldwell. As a producer, he's responsible for putting together story segments, researching good talent to interview on the show, and generally keeping the show engaging. He's got lots of interesting nuggets to share. Thanks so much for coming in, Jack. Thank you for having me. Really lovely to have you opposite me here. So, a lot of people watching Studio 10 and any TV show see the the uh, the reporters, sorry, the people on screen... And they think that's it. They don't realise that there's an army of people behind the scenes um, making everything happen. So can you tell us a bit about what's behind the scenes? So how many other producers do you work with and how many people actually does it take within this team to put this show together every morning? Um, You've got, when you start at the very bottom, you've got uh, the people who decide when the show goes to air. You've got the people who are making sure the ads go to air. The advertorials that you see keep the show running they keep it you know as cost neutral as humanly possible in australian tv you've got camera guys you've got the producers at all different levels up to right up the executive you've then got the news department which we work very closely with we have our news reader and our news segments so you start to have to include all the news producers and then you have to include uh you know the interns as well and even the audience has become we i know i know their names i know who they are and they're lovely people and we see them every day and there's you know floor managers you're not really uh working on a television show until you've stood there for unnecessarily long holding up a light for a live cross (laughs) brilliant and so how much of the program is locked in so you've got a certain proportion for news and advertising and then a certain proportion that might just be PR-driven, so to speak, content-driven, should I say. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's the formula in terms of the program set up? We will have a consistent rundown formula uh, that we will try and follow because partly because that is timed. To time a three-and-a-half-hour show is a feat that, um, especially when it's live, is quite impressive. You'll sort of look at it as you've got your set advertorial times, your set ad breaks and your set news hits. That's the way it looks at it, we have a rundown reset at 9.30. So we sort of welcome everyone back. And between the two rundown resets we have, uh, so 8.30 and 9.30, we balance the, our feature segments, of which we typically have six on a day. And that's varied over the course of the history of the show. You know, initially the show started and only went till 11am and that was a different structure. And uh, the news editions are a different 
structure. So that's flexible, but it was it's a consistency that we need to maintain. Otherwise, it then throws audiences, throws sort of everyone. If they know that they can tune in at 10.30 for book club every Thursday, people will tune in at 10.30 every, every Thursday for that reason. So we do want the consistency. Um, if breaking news happens, we have, which it happens, especially when we overthrow another prime minister, but with some leadership spills and stuff like that, and it becomes breaking news, we are a team that's very adept at just switching into news very quickly. Our hosts all can do it incredibly competently. They'll, everyone just flicks the switch, goes straight into it and does what's, what's needed to be done. And um, that's when we might say, I'm so sorry you came in, but we're not, you're not coming on air today. We need to take this priority and, you know, we'll book you in another day. We'll come back another day. I understand how unfortunate that is for you. And we don't want it to happen either, but the priority is what's getting to air over anything else. And so where do you, for those feature segments in between the news and the advertorials, where do you get your ideas from for those segments? We're a creative group of people, which is exciting to be around. And um, when you've got creatives, you have ideas that are driven by, you know, everyday life. So, you know, I did a story on the bugs living on your skin because I saw another story in the paper that I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I wanted to find an entomologist. I wanted to put the whole thing together and I collected it and I made a feature. That was just something that I thought was really engaging. I had to pitch that through to my team. We had to make sure that was all you know, what we wanted as content. But that was something that I noticed, I'd enjoyed, I was fascinated by and I got to create. Other times it is uh, PR driven, Mm -hmm. internal PR as well. So within 10, we have lots of cross sort of promotion and um, then it is external. So you'll get pitching throughout the day and occasionally you can grab onto one as ready-made and go, cool, let's just make it happen. It's a great idea. And what, what, what are the elements that make it ready-made? So ba- essentially that's making your job as easy as possible, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it varies on the type of segment. You know, get locking in a date is always the hardest because, and I understand that as um, for a publicist as well, trying to communicate between media and client is a really fun balance. But um, the, w- the way it would be ready-made is if someone comes at you goes, this is our angle this is the transparency to what we need to get to across the line this is our talent that you want them they're very fun and how about it as a package at nine o'clock on tuesday in two weeks time can we do that and i'll go nine o'clock on tuesdays yep that's Mm. free yep cool i like the idea i like the talent uh let's workshop what um you know assets we need to make this happen is it exclusive for us you know you work through sort of a checklist a mental checklist and then you go well done we'll put it in you don't have to pull teeth to try and get good content. Yeah. And um, when brands pitch to you, they obviously want exposure for their product or service, but you need to make it newsworthy, otherwise they can go and pay for an advertorial. So what tips can you give them to make it resonate with you from a content point of view instead of, oh, here, run a free promotion for my product or service? Yeah, I think that skirting the line between editorial content paid editorial content and um, creative content, the way I'll frame it at least, is hard. And sometimes we, on both sides of the equation, get it right and wrong. But paid content is what drives the show. And we have an editorial team, an advertorial team that looks after that sort of side of things. Uh, We need to make sure that brands, especially brands that are big and can afford it, if you're coming at me with a KFC pitch or a Facebook pitch or a uh, Amazon pitch, you better have John Travolta with you because otherwise it's not going to happen. 
if you're able to be flexible and say, well, we're going to get this mention in, we understand that the video is a great use of cross-promotion for our ambassador. We don't need to get direct mention. We can do X, Y, and Z. There just needs to be that transparency. We know uh, we can smell paid content a mile away. We can see through what's happening. We had a fabulous segment on this week. It was a gardening segment with a big company and it needed to be paid content. The talent was fantastic. They offered us. We've been wanting that talent, but it needed to be paid content. And that's when the company and us would have an understanding. It was paid content. It went to air as a feature and it was fabulous. It was great. It was actually a very entertaining segment, but it was heavily branded. So as soon as there's branding, any you know, branding on display or branding mentioned or something like that, then we have to be a bit careful. But, you know, if you're coming at our request and we're looking for an expert who happens to run a clinic, we'll mention the clinic's name. We'll yeah. just drop that in. We're not going to put it on a strap on the screen. Again, not an ad, but we want to scratch your back yeah, as much as you It'll be on the tagline. Yeah, we want to work with everyone. We want to yeah. have – we look after you. You're looking after us. No one's, no one's blind at what's happening here. So I think as long as we've got that push and pull, that understanding – and nothing's personal if we come back mm. saying, look, no, we need money. And what about like news of the day breaks of some issue that, you know, there's an expert out there who's like an expert in this area and they can comment on it and that will add to the story, will add to the news story. They, they, they should contact you at that time saying, look, I can comment on this. This is my take on it. Yeah, uh, it depends on the qualifications of that person. We have hundreds of people coming in being like, I'm an authority on this. And at the same time, it's almost like, well, prove it. How can we, how can we make sure, how can we vet what's our process? Because you don't want to end up like, you know, there's been instances on the BBC where they've got someone who's not an expert on, on an expert topic. There needs to be a process, you know. It's a certain talent. It's finding great talent within organisations that are usually quite stayed and quite proper that's the real challenge we you know at the canberra observatory we have the most fantastic um astrophysicist his name's brad tucker he's brilliant talent we've done shoots with him we do live crosses with him and it's just lucky that Mm. we have someone that is an authority that is working you know in canberra on satellites that we can go to because he's a great guy and he's great talent he can talk to a camera so it's it is luck as well there's no use, an expert is no use if they can't look at us and speak. And you've also got segments on Studio 10 for sort of product placement through things like giveaways. You do a regular giveaway yeah. segment to the audience uh, and as long as the brand's prepared to give away, I think it's around 40 pieces worth up to $80. Yeah, and look, that, that restriction changes with the size of our audience and what the show's value is and that sort of thing. But that's a really unique slot for a company to provide an it's thir- uh, investment of 30 units. We're at 30 units with a minimum of $100. Our audience has shrunk and the brand has gotten more expensive. But that is to keep the audience or our, si- our soundtrack. you notice the whole way through the show, they're a really valuable part of the show. They interact with the hosts. It's really fun to have them. It's a really unique point to Studio 10. So we're saying... They get to go home with gifts. We're encouraging audience retention. We want people to be excited to come in. And the brand gets national coverage for, I think the total investment is hovering around three or $4,000. Yeah. That's a, a big deal to get national advertising for 30 seconds with your website on the screen. So Exactly. We had our client, Akosa, they gave it away, or you guys gave it away yesterday. Actually. Yeah. Oh, that's great. You know, that, then that's, hopefully the clients are happy with it. And it's not a, 
it's not a promise of a number numbers boost. It's not a, nothing like that, but it's a saying, well, it might as well have a big billboard in every city in every living room for 30 seconds. And a lot of people, like let's say someone actually gets the opportunity to sit on the couch and be interviewed by the panel, they might be terrified. You know, they don't know TV, you know, they've got camera in their face, they've got these people that they're usually watching and now they're sitting in between them. Do you find that a lot of those people who haven't has had as much experience with this sort of thing are quite nervous and what tips would you give them to just sort of try and relax and be as natural as possible? Yeah, I think that it, for the sort of person to sit on the couch and be absolutely naturally comfortable or on the desk and with all those lights and five cameras and people looking at you, it's a really unique situation and it is nerve-wracking and then that's, not a, that's not a lie. And I think that uh, well, what we say to people to make sure they're comfortable and um, sort of secure in that environment is that we're here for you. We want to know what you have to say. The hosts are here to talk to you. It's not going to sit down and go X, Y, and Z. We're not grilling Bill Shorten. We're not doing anything like that. We want to have a conversation. We are inherently entertaining. And we, while some conversations are very factual and informative and in-depth, there needs to be that familiarity. And you talk to the hosts and you talk to the audience to home like uncle, auntie, you know, mum, dad, brother, sister, and you want to have that sort of level of communication. You don't need to, you can colloquialise things, but you don't need too much jargon. You can relax into it and enjoy yourself and have a conversation. It's not a, it's not a chance for you to be, have 40 questions thrown at you. We want the conversation. We want to know why we should be interested in you. Yeah, and it, it, it is unique to have people that can sit down and just talk straight away. No, that's good advice. Has anyone ever frozen up on the couch on live TV? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Live crosses are often the worst because people can't uh, engage with the host sitting next to them. They're not, they haven't got a human. They've just got a camera pointing in their face. They can't see what they look like. They can't see what they're sort of engaging on set it's with. It's very disconcerting. Yeah, and it's, discon- it's disconnected. Live crosses hold the most risk, you know, especially little kids if you're going to interview them. Mm. Uh, you often will just get silence and a stare, blank stare at a camera. You know, but we have had guests on set who are incredible characters with amazing stories and you have a fabulous conversation with them off, off set and they go on and the segment starts and they give one-word answers. And there's nothing you can do about it and you just have to watch and try and drop out of the segment a little bit earlier. But, yeah, it definitely happens to all walks of people as well. And and on the topic of socials, so, you know, some of the segments make it onto the social channels and others don't. Um, what Who decides that and what gives a story a good chance of going onto the, to your social platforms? The better the story, the more likely it will go onto social platforms. Um, editorial business paid content won't typically through because it's paid for if a segment is commissioned as non-editorial and it becomes a plug for a brand and we've had that before where people just won't stop saying things or well, unfortunately we're not going to put that up because that's just giving further promotion for free but we have a really talented social media producer who runs the ship and it is, it is a very big ship that yeah, she, she single-handedly sort of contains but she will delegate to you know, supervising producers and our executive producer and she will, uh, you know, the digital team at 10 and there's a, there's a team that dictates that content. As we dictate what goes to air, she'll dictate what goes online 
uh, along with that team. And yeah, you just, if it's a great segment and it worked and it no, no errors, no super errors, no swear words, no falling over, no, you know, that sort of thing, you can't predict anything. You can't promise anything either. So when people ask us to, you know, will this go up on socials? Well, was the strap misspelt by and missed somehow through four pairs of eyes checking it? And, or was uh, the talent, did they slip up at one point and they didn't say the right thing and we don't want to repeat that even though no one noticed, but we noticed, you know, that sort of thing. So we can never promise it. You just hope it. So looking into the future, what, what do you think are the trends that PR agencies should be aware of um, in getting cut through um, in terms of, you know, getting exposure on Studio 10? I think that the, there are certain things that frustrate. I have the fortunate, um, I have the good luck of, you know, being in a relationship with a PR girl ah. and um, she has given me an insight of what the other side is, which has been very valuable. Yeah. And I think that it, there's a balance between what is required by a client, certainly, and I do understand that. But if I get a mass email out saying, to whom it may concern, here's a boring press about what's happening at the newest bank, I don't care. I'm not going to do anything with it. And so don't follow up on that if you're not getting a cut through, you're not getting a reply, partly because you know you've just sent a mass email. Um, one of the other things that's frustrating is, and it happens, is um, when different guys and girls from the same PR company email multiple people in the one team and if they fail at one, they'll go to another and if they fail at one, they'll go to another. We know, we all talk. We, yeah. know, we know what we're getting pitched. We often yell it out being like, uh, this one looks like a mass one. Who's got this as well? And three other people will go, I did, I didn't. And so we'll say, actually go, no. Sorry, even if it's a good story, we don't, you don't, you just feel sneaky and it feels like the story will then have an ulterior motive that will then try and be snuck into it. All we want is, is transparency. Like, if you're going to be transparent with me, I'm going to be transparent with you. Yeah. If you're going to go on Sunrise that morning, let me know. I'm sure that Sunrise will ask the same thing. Yeah. You know? we'll, we'll work with what we know, but it's when we're surprised that it goes, well, do you think we're a bit of a mug? And speaking of that, um, what about exclusive? So when a PR agency or some business out there offers you a story and you think it's a good one, will you always try and get the exclusive on that? And what does exclusivity mean to you? I think that it depends on, and that's again a sort of content programming decision made by our executive producer. Um, with exclusive content, we always want to ask for it. Why wouldn't you want to be unique? Why wouldn't you want to have a story that no one else has? So if the story is going to be angled towards Studio 10, because we'll do it the most value in this case or the most justice, just say that. But, you know, this is Studio 10 exclusive. We think you guys do the best for it. And I'll say, oh, that'd be fantastic. Let's do this. Rollout can be this. If it's a really big name, sometimes it's unavoidable. You know, if Elton John's coming to town, yeah. everyone's going to interview him. We just want to have it at least run on the same day. Yeah, don't run someone a day before and then us because it just means that we look like followers and we're unaware of the other people's schedules and programs and we'll also we'll ask the question if someone comes at me with a pitch and I feel like it's going to be shopped around I'll say well this is an exclusive because I want to know I'm not going to do two ears I'm not going to do an ear segment that's going to be on another show that morning or the day before or that week because it's it's an ear segment. It's n it's not Elton John. Yeah. So that's why. <laughs> unless it's, it's Elton John's ears. Yeah, unless it's Elton John's ears. But then <laughs> that could th be a unique. Thing. Yeah, you don't want to. You always want to be proud of your own content. You want to have unique content. And we're really, I'm really proud of 
studios here and I'm really proud of the content that we produce and I'm really proud of the, the way that the team goes about it. So when we're treated like professionals, we'll treat everyone else like professionals and it's, you know, you get so many emails a day, there's only so many amount of things that you can plan and you can do. And how many emails would you get a day, like in terms of pictures and things? My inbox is currently sitting at 4,700. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. But, you know, if you're looking at external emails, you might get one in a day, but you might get two an hour. Friday afternoons are great because um, people start scrambling to get pictures out before the end of the week and um, you'll get 13 in the space of an hour between 3 and 4 p.m. on a Friday and I'm sorry, that's not going to get – I'm not going to reply to you. Yeah, gonna, we we never go. pitch on a Friday. Like, I mean, I remember my days at a current affair from midday on Friday – it's not that we didn't work. We're just completely over, over, yeah, well, we wanna, over the pictures. We want to sort out Monday. We're focusing on Monday, yeah. on Friday, so that we yeah. can have a weekend to ourselves. Yeah. Um, of course, if someone comes at you with a, just this amazing thing that has to happen on Monday, fantastic. But yeah. also, people who pitch to me on a Thursday for something that's happening on Saturday, well, you need to know your, who you're pitching to. The amount of people that pitch us for weekend content, mm. you should know that, yeah, that it's the, a Monday we're a Monday to Friday, Friday show. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, it's public knowledge. Yeah. So spend three seconds researching. And how far in advance do you work on the story? So let's say it's an awareness day coming up and, and you think you've got a great content for that. How far in advance would you look at a story like that? So, oh, that's just an example, but... Um, I think that well, we're, with Awareness Days, there's one every single day except for one day of the year, and then that's National Nothing Day, which was <laughs> fabulous. We did nothing for it. Um, we made a song and dance about doing nothing. But the it depends what it is. I'm looking at segments in January next year with artists coming to town and stuff like that, but then you'll have uh, you know, someone that you're familiar with. They might go, well, by the way, I'm doing a, I've got a book tour coming up in December – you know, can we look at a tentative date? And you'll go, well, yeah, I really like you. Of course, we'll look at a tentative date for a book tour and we'll follow up and, you know, we'll we'll plan ahead. I've got things the whole way through October, November into December and, you know, past Christmas. But um, sometimes things don't happen till the day before and you're sitting at work 9pm trying to bash it out. You try and just be as well planned as you can. There's a lot of, we're, we're churning out a lot of content. So in order to sort of get on top of that, we have a very good calendar. Jack, you have been amazing. A wealth of information, such great insights. You know, you know this stuff because you work it every day. I know this stuff, but the listeners out there just love to know this information. They, they don't know it. So it's, it's been so insightful and really given a glimpse into the life of the day and the life of a, a media outlet um, and producer who works for you know one of the great morning shows that we've got so thank you so much really really appreciate no problem it. at all I very much enjoyed chatting through it and um, I always want people to feel free to reach out anytime about anything it's never just because someone says no once doesn't mean that they're not going to say no another time at a different angle well what I suggest is that they listen to this interview and work out for themselves what's actually going to help you instead of hinder you and then they might have a chance of of getting cut through he's hoping it'd be better for both of us <laughs> exactly win-win that's what i'm exactly all about. so thank you thank and you um, have a wonderful evening after your very early morning you too thank you <laughs> thanks for listening i hope you gained a lot from that great episode share it with your business buddies so that they can get some great value from it too and i'll be back next week with dilvin yasser who's a freelance journalist thank you for joining monica rosenfeld on the magnify you podcast If you liked the episode, rate and review the show on whatever app you listen to the show on. 
You can listen to Magnify You on all podcast apps, including Apple and Google. Spotify and the TuneIn Radio app are other great ways to listen. If you are looking for a marketing speaker for your next event or PR for your business, contact Monica Rosenfeld at monica at wordstormpr.com.au.